Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Dream Big Podcast with Bob Goff and friends. I'm here with Bob Goff. Hey, everybody. Here we are again. Uh, I love this part of the week where we get to sit down among friends and have a quick conversation. So we had Ed in the actual live studio a few weeks ago. And uh, tell us about Ed. Some people don't know who he is by name, but they definitely know who he is by the Yeah, set. he's a guy, Carrie Underwood. Uh, has a lead guitarist, and that's Ed. And uh, it was just so fun to hear him talk about his ambitions. And and then it was really fun to see him uh, up on the stage uh, doing his thing, just melting people's faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's such a, uh, there's juxtaposing this like calm, fun, cool guy. Right. And then he just gets a Stratocaster in his yeah. hands and yeah. just goes yeah. off. So I think you're really going to enjoy uh, listening to Ed. He's a, been a friend for years. Uh, he's taken me on adventures, uh, but he's just another kind soul that you ought to hear from. So Ed, thanks so much for making time to come in. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I was just trying to think back about where we met first, but I'm just, that's not jumping to mind, but I'm just so glad we did. And we've just stayed in touch. It's been great. Having a couple faithful friends. And that's one thing about you. Like you just show up. Like I would say, if there was uh, a phrase or a slogan. And I think that's something that's important to you, that whole idea of showing up. Absolutely. You know, show up is really, it's the running theme of my house, right? For, for even for my family, it's, it's show up, you know, it's showing up for everything that excites you, everything that's scary for you when you feel intimidated, feel pressure up against you. We just continue to show up. Yeah, so, uh, yeah very passionate about it. Yeah, somehow it's not just being in proximity to other people, but actually being present. That so showing up isn't just getting to the right geography. It's almost like a road mapping of your heart to say, "I want to be available to what is right here for me." And uh, tell us a little bit about how that uh, worked itself out for you. I know you're playing guitar <laughs> a lot, but tell us for the people that. Haven't met you before. What was one of your ambitions and how did you show up to it? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, for me, showing up started when I was a kid, you know, about playing guitar and um, just having that passion. And and something inside of me just knew at a young age that I wanted to, this is something that I really wanted to do. And and so one of the things that I would do as a kid is I've always been an observer. I've always observed people. So I would watch uh, uh, guitar teachers, for example, right? And I would watch these guys and I would think, why is this guy not playing in a big arena somewhere? Why is he not in a big famous band, right? This is, you know, this is a 13-year-old kid wondering these thoughts. And uh, I would look at these guys and I, and I would start to identify what I perceived as maybe why they weren't in these big famous bands, why they were teaching me guitar instead of doing something at a, at a, at a, at a, at a global scale, you know? And so one of the things that I recognized was that I, I realized that maybe they weren't willing to show up for, for this dream that they had inside, right? Maybe they weren't willing to go to where the opportunities were to go build those relationships, to, to leave their comfort zone, what was comfor- comfortable for them. And uh, I, I think, so I, I just kind of took that as a mental note, said, okay, when I'm older, I'm going to make it a point to, to not do what they did and go show up to these places and the things that are scary for me and, and to put myself out there. So what's the next waypoint? You know how to play guitar. Yep. You're good at it. Had you always wanted to be out on big stages? Always. 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 When I was a kid, I would watch MTV. I mean, I, I, I would set my alarm for when the new videos were coming out. Like, you know, for really? some, oh man, I was hooked. So I would watch. And, and, and so for me, 
I'd see the big, um, uh, you know, the, the live concert, like the live video, the guys out there, slow motion, slinging their hair or whatever in the bus shot. And, you know, people rolling off in the tour bus to their arenas. And I was mesmerized by it. Like I was completely mesmerized. A lot of people say, you know, I got into music for girls. That's a, that's a common thing you hear people say. For me, it was like, I just saw the, 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 the people on the buses and I knew that's what I want to do someday. Okay. So yeah. at a young age, you identified yeah. that and the people that are listening, they have ambitions, whether it's to melt people's faces with a Stratocaster <laughs> or to uh, uh, show up and plant a community garden, mm -hmm. whatever it is, it's like, take your ambition and go land this thing. Like yeah. what are the next steps? So for you, what was the next step? You met some people that seem to have a similar ambition, but maybe hadn't shown up fully. What did you decide to do? One of the parts about showing up is sometimes we put ourselves out there and it doesn't go the way that we hope, right? It doesn't, like, maybe it's just flat out bad. It's embarrassing, right? And so being able to overcome that, that, um, that failure and then showing up again. You know, for example, like my first gig when I was, you know, 19 years old, I'm living in Texas, you know, and I want to be this, I'm, I'm a rock kid, right? I want to play, I want to play arenas every night in a big rock band. So everything I'm doing is working to become that guy. So I get a, I, I get a, a call to play in a country band and um, I don't want to play in a country band, but I also know that the only way to make money playing guitar in Texas is playing in a country band. So I want to make money for the obvious reason. So I, 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 um, I say yes to this gig. I, uh, I start preparing for, the, for, the, for my first country gig. And at 19, I never had to learn 30 or 40 songs before, you know, and only have three days to learn them. So the only way that I could be ready was to write charts, you know. Now, today I'm more experienced that I write charts on a big piece of paper with Sharpies. And I, I can see that chart wherever I put it. But back then, out of inexperience or... I didn't want people to think I was cheating. I wrote all my charts on a little notepad. Oh, no. And instead of writing everything... Like microfiche. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and instead of writing everything to Sharpie, I wrote it in a pen. Okay, because that's the only way I could get everything to fit on this little notepad. So I throw this notepad on, on the stage and the stage, when I get up there to play, it's super dark and it's smoky in there. Right. And so the drummer, he counts off the first song and he goes three, four. And I lean in, I look down at my chart. and I can't see what I'm supposed to play. It was a disaster. I mean, I just remember thinking, oh, my gosh, how am I going to get through this song? And then how am I going to get through the other 30, 40 songs for the rest of the night, right? Like, how, how's yeah. this going to happen? And by the way, all the, you know, like I'm this rock guitar player guy. I've never played country licks before. And it was a complete disaster. Like, it was, a, I was humiliated. And so during the break, I, I went and sat out in the car with my brother. And I was kind of, kind of uh, just complaining to him, more crying, I think, <laughs> about how humiliated I was on the stage, you know. And uh, my brother, he he convinced me that it wasn't as bad as I thought that it was, you know? And so sometimes great some, to have a good friend. Sometimes older brothers come through for you. Yeah. Right. You sometimes know? all yeah. that fighting yeah. results yeah. in somebody that yeah. can say true words yeah. over. Yeah. You. That's right. He says, he, he actually said, Ed, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's not as bad as you think. I said, all right, Matt or Dan, I'll take you up on it. I'll take your word on that. So I went back in there and I finished that show. But my point of that story is that today that that failure is it, it literally is one of the top defining moments of my career. Is that interesting? And so you're going to walk out on a whole bunch of stages uh, in this tour that you're on right now um, and to uh, not be stuck, but to instead learn. Landing the plane mm -hmm. means learning from these things that have happened before, have them inform your ambition rather than scuttle your dreams. 
um, sometimes people have something go wrong like that and they'll say, I'm just going to make smoothies the rest of my life. It, it, but for somehow you were able to dig down and sometimes God will just send the right person to mm-hmm. say the right word. And we get to be that pe- person for people. Absolutely. We get to say like, no, like let, let's swing for the fences again. Let's try. When was it that you um, felt like this ambition started actually picking up some momentum? Is there a particular turning point for you? Um, honestly, I, I think that the turning point came from me really when I finally surrendered everything over to God. How so? Well, you know, um, at the time, because I, I moved to Nashville, I was putting in the time and putting in the struggle. Um, but, but, you know, as I'm the struggling musician and I'm working at a coffee shop and my wife, she's miserable at her job. And one day I told her, I said, you know, why don't you just stay home? Life's too short and I'll figure out how to get it done. You know? And so, um, so she, she went, she went for it. She quit, you know? And, and, um, so now I'm this guy who's just married to this pretty girl and I'm trying to figure out how to make it music and work in a coffee shop and, you know, and take care of my, my, my quote unquote family at the time. Um, so but things, this traction really, really never took off until I finally got to a point where God really started pressing into me, you know. And, and for me, at that particular time, what, what was happening was, was um, God was, was stirring something inside of me about starting a family, you know. And I really resisted him, and I fought him on that. Because I thought, this, really? This, yeah, yeah. Because well, you're me, such a family guy. Well, My whole experience with you uh, in our friendship has been, you're like Mr. Family, you're making <laughs> videos of, hey, boys, here's how you do falconry, and... Another time you're sitting down with a guy that like invented Buck's knives. I guess yeah. his name is Buck. Chuck Buck. That's yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew there was a guy. I want to have yeah. another kid just to yeah. name yeah. them Chuck yeah. Buck. That's right. Um, but one of the things that uh, you uh, were saying is that you resisted that. Where'd that come from? Yeah. Well, I, I just, I think it was part of that thing was part, it was a, a couple of things, but one of the things was the guitar teachers, right? So the 13 year old me says, okay, here's what these guys, why is this person famous or not, or not famous? Why is this person successful or quote unquote successful or not successful? One of the things was they're not showing up for their dream and, go, and going and pursuing it. The other one was that I equated getting married, that they got married and had families and settled down. So I equated in my mind that starting a family meant giving up your dreams. Isn't that interesting? And yeah. so uh, uh, for each of us, we have mm-hmm. these things. We've, we've been talking about it earlier in the podcast as limiting beliefs. Correct. We have this thing that, uh, you know, golfs aren't good at whatever, fill in the blank, whatever limiting belief, if you're listening, that you've been. So somebody spoke something over you, you bought it hook, line, and sinker. Mm-hmm. And then it started, this 13-year-old started pushing around the 19-year-old. Isn't that right. crazy? Yeah, well, at this point, I'm, you know, 20-something. Year, you know, I'm, I'm in my 20s. Yeah. So what, for 10 years, I've been ha- having this thought of family and, and, and yeah, family means equal selling out, e- equal yeah. selling out. Interesting. Um, so yeah. So, so, so when I finally got to a place of just surrendering saying, okay, God, I believe that you are doing something. I believe you're calling me towards something. And I, I, I believe that, that you have a plan for me and, and that that's whatever that looks like. I'm just going to go for it. And uh, so when I finally surrendered all, all of what I wanted to do, that's when the traction really started to happen for my career. And that's, that's, that's exactly, I mean, that is, that's it. Isn't that crazy how uh, you can have these 
things that are equally important coexist together. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we think it's binary, Absolutely. that it's all just zeros and ones, and you have to pick this or that, when actually you can pick both. I met your family. You have an awesome family. You've been able to have that dream coexist Absolutely. with the other one. Yeah, and, so, I, and I think you're, and I'm sorry, you, and you're right. I think you hit on it, which is the, this internal, the internal dialogue that we all tell ourselves, right? That's, that's the hard, that's, you know, as, you know, the, that's the hard part to overcome to land the plane or to show up, right? It's that thing that somebody has told you, right? It's that, that lie that, that you tell yourself. And, and, um, I, I'll tell you, I mean, there's a, there's a thousand guitar players out there better than I am hands down, right? There's a thousand guitar players just as deserving or more deserving than I am to play the kinds of gigs that I get to play. You know, a lot of these guys, though, don't, don't get to do what I get to do for a living. Um, but what I'm really good at, what I'm really good at is standing up to those, those, those lies, right? Because even at the level that I perform at, I still have the same, not the same, but I, have, I still have insecurity and, st and fears that still creep up, right? I was wondering about that. Yeah. When you, you walk out on some pretty big stages, um, how do you deal with insecurities and fears and saying, I wonder if it's going to be like that dark, smoky room mm -hmm. where I had like a big fine point <laughs> and <laughs> charts I couldn't see anymore. Yeah. How do you deal with that? So the, the way that I deal with it, there's, there's, there's a couple things that I, that I do. One is um, I try and speak truth over that lie, right? So for me, it, for me the lie might be, what if when the camera rolls and say we're on the Grammys, right? What if, what if when the, when I step out to take that big solo, I forget what I'm supposed to play, right? Like that would be a real, that's a real, that's a real thought. And so for me, I have to speak a truth over that line. So otherwise, because that lie becomes all consuming and I will step out and I'll play and, when, and I, I may not miss the notes, but I won't perform at, 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 the, at, the, at a high level. It'll, it'll be a scared, tense performance for and me. And how do right? you speak a truth over it? Are you actually verbalizing I it? I verbally speak truth over the lie. So what from, you, give me so, an example. All right, so, so here, here's the example. All right, so it might be, um, what if I get out there and I forget what I'm supposed to play in the, during the solo? The truth, I, I have a phrase. I call it the phrase that slays, right? That I literally, so my phrase is no way, right? So, I, so what if I get out there and I forget? I say, no way, no way. Because every time that I've done the work, I always get out there and I perform. Or every time I get out there, it comes out the way that I practice, right? Or, or um, another one might be no way. Because I know that, that um, when I'm under pressure, I always execute, right? And so I, I, I kind of go back into my, my memory bank and I find the truths to what those lies are. And I speak that truth over that lie. It's worth uh, pausing there for a second if you're listening uh, to think uh, you have these ambitions and then you also have what we've been calling limiting beliefs. Something that just say it's this lie over you that you're not good enough, you're not uh, dashing enough, you're not whatever enough. Um, but to figure out what those are so you can speak truth over them, the uh, problem for some of us is that there's just so many and they're so general and vague but we need to call them out by name. And so I'll just give you something really practical. Go out to coffee, uh, say, I want three minutes of vulnerability with a good friend. And your friend's job is just to listen, not to fix it, not to 
say you're wrong about that. That's not true. Just listen, say what the lie has been, and then speak a truth over that. Mm -hmm. And if we got a, it's like carving a new little groove in your brain, but there's a, a something beautiful about saying that I'll call sweet Maria when I'm going to be in a place, I'm going to say something or do something. I just go like, wow, I just think <laughs> this is where the wheels fall off this time. I just, I think I may have uh, just reached a little bit too far. And uh, she doesn't try to fix it. She doesn't say, don't feel that. She doesn't say, she just goes like, wow, that just, are you feeling all alone in that? I'm like, I'm feeling all alone in it until you ask me that. Now I'm not feeling all alone. <laughs> so something, yeah. there's just a beauty in making these things known. Landing the plane means making these things known and then taking the next courageous step. Yeah. Um, what for you have been uh, some words that have been spoken over you by people, things that you've learned that have been really helpful? Because I want to give a practical suggestions for some of the people listening if there have been people that have said things to you that really resonated to you my wife she's you know she, she's definitely gretchen she's definitely the um that person who speaks a lot of truth you know over over those lies and, and, and exactly like sweet maria right oftentimes it's not that she's trying to fix it. She's not saying things like, oh, you're crazy. Don't think about that, right? Sometimes it's just, it, it is those little things like, um, I'm just trying to think of, all right, perfect example, right? I'm, I, I, I get one of my first big breaks, right? I go into a, a, a rehearsal room in Nashville. This was the band that's had, you know, sold several million records, okay? I walk into this rehearsal. I lay all my stuff out nice and neat on the floor and I plug in and we start playing and it's going not good. And it's beginning to feel like that, that first country gig all over again. Right now, fast forward, this is now one of my first big country gigs. And but prior to this, I'm, I'm back to being rock guy. You know, I go out to the hallway, I'll call my wife. And like you said, like maybe I reach a little too far. Right. I, I called her and said, uh, it's not going well. Maybe I should just pack my things up and go. And she said, Ed, I'm sure it's better than you think it's going, right? You hear this common theme, right? It's probably not as bad as you think. And she just encouraged me to go back in there. A month later, I was the band leader, right? It's like those are the things that we land the plane on, on those insecurities and those fears and those thoughts like that. Like when we just, we press and we push through them. All of a sudden, you're the band leader when you just wanted to go home, right? You thought, there's no way that I could ever be this, that I could, there's no way that I can pull this off. I'm consistently walking into things where I think, I don't know if I can pull this off. You may do the same thing, right? Yeah, one of the things that uh, I've learned a lot from is when Maria, I'll ask her, like, how's it going? And she'll actually confirm that it's not going well. Yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to be like, I was emceeing some event. I've only done it once ever because it went so poorly. I, I leaned over to halfway through this. I go like, this is front of uh, uh, 3,500 people in Washington, DC. And I leaned over to her and I said, this isn't going well, is it? And she said, this is not going well. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and indeed, uh, she nailed it like a buy. It just actually, there's nothing redeeming, nothing very cool happened other than realizing that I'm actually not very good at that. I'm, I'm okay at a uh, couple things, but being the MC of an event where other people um, uh, are, 
you know, involved in other things. I just can't reel but, it in. But if you had not landed the plane on that idea, right? Like if someone said, hey, Bob, will you MC this? And you're like, sure, I'll MC it. If you had not done that, you wouldn't, you've learned something about yourself, right? Yeah. Which is, and it's okay. Just it's okay to go no. do it. <laughs> but it's okay to show up for this thing that's, that maybe is intimidating and maybe it doesn't go well. And it's okay to be in that moment and realize maybe, 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 I'm, maybe this isn't my, my wheelhouse. Yeah. But there, there's discernment in figuring out, is this not my wheelhouse or is this not good because this is new to me, right? Yes. Oftentimes, more times than not, it's not good because it's not, this is new to me, right? Yeah, I'm thinking and, about evil can evil, how he, he got paid for the attempts, not the results. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so let, and, and let me circle back around. So what have people said, spoken over me? Um, I, 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 won't, so I won't go into some of those things, that, but, but I will say this. For me, I literally have taken the time to write down lies on a piece of paper. Good for you. Okay? So literally, so let's say that if there's something that I want to do, or there's several things that I want to do, and I'm hearing those lies, I've actually taken the time to take it out a sheet of paper and write down each of those lies. Okay. And on the other side, after so I do the paper in half. So one, one half of the paper is the lies. The other half of the paper, I write down the truths. Right. So I, I take the time to find the truth over that lie. So now when that lie creeps up, I have the truth. Not only do I have the, the truth, the words to say, but I've identified internally what that truth is. Yeah. You know? So and, good. And if a faith is important to you, then you can say some of these things that were promises that God gave us. Absolutely. I've but done it many times. Like you're the son of a king um, and that we don't need to impress God by these successes, but we impress him with our faithfulness mm -hmm. that we think that there are things that we're going to do and we're going to give it a hundred percent. I gave 100% of my emceeing abilities, uh, that, <laughs> that <laughs> evening. Uh, and, uh, I think that if we had some people that continue to remind us of who we are, um, that, uh, that will be really grounding. So part of landing the plane is finding a couple good friends that will just show up. Uh, for you. I had a 60th birthday and uh, I walked into a room stunned at, at people that had come so far. And then I see you, um, a guy that's got, you got so many other things to be doing than flying to San Diego. Um, but the whole idea of showing up is uh, a consistency, an availability, a predictability over years and years and years. And so landing the plane would be establishing that kind of consistency and predictability in your interactions with the people that are closest to you, with your family, with your circle of friends. And, uh, and so I wouldn't just affirm landing the plane is showing up. What, what's something you're dreaming about right now? What's something that's out ahead of you as I'm thinking, oh, uh, we're gonna go do something tomorrow together, which will be kind of fun. I teach a class at Pepperdine Law School on failure and I'm bringing my co-professor, Ed Eason, with me. <laughs> Put that on your resume. I don't, is that law, what we're talking about yeah, tomorrow? law professor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we'll just uh, talk about, because uh, law school typically for most people is all about like win, win, win. Mm. And this is a top 50 in the world law school. And I've been teaching for I miss almost a decade a class on what do you do when you lose? What I'm, happens when the wheels fall off? That's where all the good stuff happens. I think it's brilliant to have a class like that. Yeah, where we can get real about these things. And you could say, what's the lie? Um, and because you're not a screw up just because you screwed up. Mm -hmm. uh, that happened. 
uh, what's the truth? I'm actually a person on the way. I'm daring. I'm I'm willing to take risks. I'm willing to be misunderstood. Um, if there is a lie that is printed about you to say, I'm not uh, here to get my validation from other people. I'm getting my validation from Christ. And right. uh, if so to find these things that have been spoken over you and to find some truth. And there's a difference between blowing sunshine at somebody and telling them the truth. Blowing Absolutely. sunshine is you're so swell. Telling the truth is I've seen you fly across the country to show up. You, you're that guy. And uh, that has a transformative effect. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think huge power in what you're doing for those guys and girls. You're, uh, you got to come with me. I'm teaching a class at uh, San Quentin Prison. That's the other place I teach uh, this failure class. But there we talk about not only the failures, but they're aware of those. Um, we talk about getting clarity uh, on what you're going to make out of what happened. Uh, and when I, uh, every time I go, it's not to teach, it's to learn. And I'm hearing from some really humble guys. I think we're there in another week uh, to be with uh, these guys, and they are our teachers. So if you're driving in traffic right now, if you're listening at home, think landing the plane means showing up. What's a practical way you can show up? Maybe for somebody else that's in a difficult circumstance. Uh, what are people who, or who are people who've shown up for you? And is there a way to say thank you? And I want to say to you, Ed, thank you. Thanks for just being a guy that's willing to show up. You're going to go play on a huge stage. And I call up and say, you want to do a podcast? You'll be like, sure. I'm on the way over. And you've got everything except your electric guitar in tow. Um, but that whole idea of you live in constant anticipation. I love that about you. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know what? I, I, I'd have to say, I think... Uh, probably a lot of that's a rub, you rubbing off on me. You know, I think uh, one of the things, one of the mantras, one of the other sayings at my house, right? We've got show up, right? That's a big one. And the other is, is if one of my boys wants to do something or somebody, a neighbor or somebody wants something, wants us to do something that maybe huh, I'd rather not. My wife will look at me, Gretchen. She'll say, Ed, love does. I'm like, uh, you're right. Okay. Love does. So uh, we're going to do it. So that's another thing, right? It's like, yeah, so I, I just I would say a lot of that is 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 being around you and learning, right? You've been a great teacher for for those sorts of ideas and thoughts and loving people, you know. So well, I where, thank you. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing right now, take some time, reflect on uh, what's your next step towards your ambition. Uh, show up for that uh, to say, well, what's the next way I can really be fully present for this thing. Uh, encircle yourself with people that will speak words of truth over you. Get the pen out, divide the paper in half. What's the lie? What's the truth of that? We're going to kind of move those things. If we can speak truth over that, then land the plane. Yeah. And, and, and you speak that truth the whole way while you're landing it. Because that because those those thoughts don't just happen once, right? It's not like, am I going to crash the plane? Am I going and to, you, and you speak the truth over it. The, the lie is, am I going to crash the plane? The truth, you speak the truth. The lie creeps up again. And the lie just keeps, right? It's like a record, right? And that groove, because you, you hit on it a second ago, right? It's like you, it's like a record. We're digging this groove, and it's just this loop that's just playing in our mind. And, and, and landing the plane is speaking that truth over and over and over until you finally get it on the ground. I like your uh, idea of flying the plane all the way to the ground uh, up in Canada. <laughs> We've got these, uh, we fly float planes. 
And uh, when it's not, actually, when it's turbulent, you know where the water is because there's ripple on it. Uh, but when it's glassy, it's hard to know where the where the water is. And what you need to do is just have uh, get the attitude of the plane right and then just fly it all the way down onto the water. And you actually will only know you're at the water when you feel a little <laughs> bump. You'd be like, uh, surprise. And so whether you're in a turbulent time right now listening, whether you're in a time where there's a lot of calm and peace, just kind of fly that thing to say, what's the next step? How am I going to get this thing on the water? That's where beautiful things will happen. Ed, thank you so much for making some time to talk. Uh, I can't wait to see you <laughs> melting faces up uh, on the stage here shortly. And I, I really can't wait to see you inspire a ton of law students uh, in saying, what's your ambition? And go after it. And if you've got an ambition that is to uh, change the world, because uh, I know your ambitions are to bring people joy. Um, uh, those are the kind of ambitions worth every single effort. If the ambition is to get a condo and a convertible, you know, you're going to get the condo and the sink's going to leak, the convertible's going to get a rip in it. But if your uh, ambitions are the ones that are really worth pursuing, whether it's up in front of a lot of people or just with the person that uh, you love the most, uh, take the next step. The most frequent questions we hear at Dream Big are actually really simple. The questions are this, how do I do it? How do I focus on my ambitions and bring them to life? How do I reorganize everything and move towards these dreams that are inside me? That's what Dream Big is all about. And we wanna give you an actual resource that you can use so that you can move from your ideas and your ambitions to reality. So go to the link in the show notes, download a really simple workbook that you can use today. I know listening to your conversation with Ed, uh, as an artist, he talked a lot about the lies that prevent us from actually landing the plane of our dreams. And, and I love hearing how you have to name those lies, like look them in the face and, and actually see if there's truth there or not. Yeah, call it out. I, the, when I went over to see uh, Ed, uh, he gave me this like ticket and there's ever evidently there's four kinds of tickets you can get for the concert okay. in this big coliseum the first one gets you up into the nosebleed section mm -hmm. which is actually pretty cool like you can look down at what's happening the second one gets you on the floor oh the third one gets you inside this like mosh pit uh -huh. but the fourth kind is all access right okay. and you can go back to where uh our friends are and uh, hmm. And so when I think about our ambitions, mm -hmm. sometimes we think we got the nosebleed section. Yeah. We think the ticket is that. Or we think, well, if we could just get somewhere mm. on the you know right. ground floor of this. Yeah. But you don't even think about getting in the mosh pit. But I think what God gives us oftentimes is a really unique ambition mm. and a ticket that says you get all access. Mm -hmm. And if we really believe that was true, that we yeah. could like live into that, that we could reach out to people thinking you have all access right. to whoever you want right. to call, that you have all access to the resources that you need to get there, and that you have all access to the courage that it'll take yeah. to move from just thinking about this ambition to actually yeah. doing this ambition. And no better teacher than Ed. The only way to really see what kind of ticket you have is just to go up to the guy at security. You got to test it. You got to yeah, see, is this the right this one? what does this one do? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn around. And they just keep saying, oh, yeah, you can go there. Come on in. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and that's, I mean, that's really the part of that dream big, the the land the plane part. You you won't know if you have what it takes until you actually do the thing. Yeah, land get out plane. of the stands, mm-hmm. get onto the field. Uh, some things have happened to you. They've happened to me too. That doesn't make me or you a victim. Yeah. It makes us a participant. Yep. And to say, okay, so what's this participant going to do next? I'm going to go wherever that pass will let me in. Yeah. And there might be some people on the way who say, you actually don't have access here, but they're wrong. Yeah, they're they're actually, right. I mean, you don't need to challenge that by raising your voice, yeah. uh, but just to raise your awareness to yep. say, oh, wow, there'll be a couple impediments along the way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just push through them. So as you're listening to this and you're feeling that you, you can tell the resistance, you can tell the insecurities that you have, the fears, this is your this is your word for you. You have what it takes. You have permission. You have the full access. Yeah. See you backstage. Yep. <laughs>